Welcome from Philadelphia for the Academy for Private Practice. I'm Joe Patrice. I am Ian Kinnett. And you're on the road with the legal talk. Oh, wait, we aren't on the road because where we're going, we don't need roads. Joe Patrice here again from the Academy for Private Practice. We are going to have a discussion. We just finished our lunch here. It was delicious. You should have come by. And we're going to have a discussion about where the law firm's going in Mm -hmm. 2026, which is coming up on us sooner than we might think. And we just got a presentation. Ian went through... Well, really, like what it's going to be like in the future is why we're throwing around the back Mm -hmm. to the future jokes. I mean, it seems appropriate. Mm -hmm. The Cubs are actually in a World Series. So it's like everything's coming together (laughs) in back to the future style. Definitely. And, you know, the idea of the talk today wasn't so much in the realm of science fiction. Mm -hmm. It was really trying to provide some of the more practical legal solutions that people can use now and that we'll be developing over maybe the next 10 years I think we picked 2026. That was almost picked out of a hat. But we didn't want to go too far out where people wouldn't uh, really be able to relate or even imagine what this law firm would look like. So uh, we focused in on a few key areas, but the idea was really to try to keep things practical and uh, relatable. Mm -hmm. So let's start going through. I think the first one, uh, the first point you talked to about was about people. And just what the law firm's going to look like from a human perspective. Right. So lawyers love elements. So when I was thinking about how are we going to talk about a law firm, first we need to define what a law firm is. And we broke that down into six components, the elements of a law firm. People working in offices, using tools and knowledge to solve legal problems for clients. So you've got six. You've got people, offices, tools, knowledge, legal problems, and clients. Makes sense. You got me so far. So we tackled each one of these and we tried to reimagine, well, how would each of those elements change Mm -hmm. in a future law firm? And starting with people, which is obviously, you know, you need people to practice law. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to be seeing robot lawyers anytime soon. Sorry for all you AI geeks out there. Uh, (laughs) But it's just not, it's just, that's something that's just not on the table. Uh, It's, it's a little bit far fetched to think that all law will become automated. It's just We would never really allow that to happen as a society, I'd like to believe. What we will see, though, are changes in the way that law firms manage their people. So one of the things that's being talked about is getting off the partner track. There was actually an article recently in the Wall Street Journal about uh, partners who were, in fact, being demoted, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a sad thing. But um, the partner track to begin with maybe isn't the best way to be thinking about how we're going to be managing the law firm. I'd like to think that in my law firm of the future, Everyone is a partner. Everyone is an entrepreneur. Everyone is responsible for growing the business, for getting new clients, for making, coming up with ideas to make them more efficient. This is not something that gets done in a back room or is only affected by people who've just put in you know, 20 years or however, however longer. To me, that's really not the way a law firm of the future will operate. I'd like to see law firms become more human in the sense that everyone is a partner and uh, we are a little bit more open and collaborative in the way we actually manage these firms. Yeah, I mean, and I think you're starting to see maybe not the everyone being a partner, but you're definitely seeing firms that are putting more of an emphasis from day one on associates taking a role in the entrepreneurship angle. Yes. 
Um, so that's I mean, definitely when, when you like think about it, and this isn't to be ageist or anything, but if you have got a technology question, you know, how are we going to make this practice more efficient? You should probably be asking the youngest <laughs> guy in the room as opposed to, you know, the old partnership committee. So, yeah. uh, and that's nothing against the, the old partners. I, you know, uh, you still need experience and there's, there's no substitute for that. What we're focusing on here is just sort of changing the environment so that it's a little bit more of a, you know, a more creative, more um, open atmosphere, but also getting in those ideas from those younger associates and bring those to the table so that you can implement technology to make your law firm even more profitable. Okay, so let's talk about some offices now. I'm excited to find out exactly what views we're gonna have. <laughs> right, so if you, you, you can't see the, the, well, if you see the slide here that I that I chose, this is my dream office. This mm -hmm. is one Vanderbilt. Yep, yep, uh, yep. I don't know uh, how many New Yorkers we have here, but you may have recently noticed a giant gaping hole across the street from Grand Central in what used to be like a dark alley. And they've started, they've broke ground on one Vanderbilt, which is in the heart of Midtown. Mm -hmm. uh, this was part of Bloomberg's initiative to revitalize Midtown. Uh, we're seeing a lot of big companies moving down to the uh, the, uh, the downtown area, the financial district. And so this is going to be a really, you know, the epicenter of the new Midtown. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is where my office is going to be, hopefully, in 2026. Okay. All right. But uh, the point I was trying to make here is, you know, and this is a, a counterpoint really to, you you know, all this talk about you have to practice everywhere. We've got to be everywhere. We've got to be virtual. We're working in cafes and working in, you know, 24-7, you know, very horizontal practice. My belief is that if you practice everywhere, you practice nowhere. And what I'd like to see going forward, as opposed to, you know, numerous satellite offices, are law firms that are deeply vertical in strategic markets, in urban centers. Because urban centers are, will continue to be the place where legal problems arise, where you'll meet clients. So we want to be in the cities. We just don't want to be in every city. We want to really be local and provide deep value to clients in, in local markets. Interesting. I actually got a little bit of uh, blowback on Twitter already. Oh, really? On my office design. Uh-oh. So... You know, your typical law firm, you know, is the closed door office. You could hear yeah. a, pin, a pin drop. I was suggesting here that perhaps we'd want to go with an open, collaborative environment. Uh, you know, obviously you're, there's a need for privacy in the profession. But I, I did get a little blowback on Twitter that uh, somebody said that the uh, the collaborative work environments were not productive. So, yeah, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. We've actually done some stuff at Above the Law on this that they are productive if you're the right kind of person for them to be productive. Uh, it just, it somewhat seems like a lot of lawyers happen to be introverts, not that that's a bad thing, mm. uh, but introverts and who just can't function like that. But mm -hmm. certainly if you go over to like Bloomberg Law, that's a, yeah. that's open and collaborative as it gets, you know? Yeah, I think that we can't be as, uh, as law firms, we will never be as open and collaborative in terms of workspace environment as some other companies, especially, right. you know, companies you might see operating in Silicon Valley and in different spaces. But uh, just jumping back to the people concept, mm -hmm. uh, law firms will need to hire more technologists. They'll need to hire more product engineers, app developers, different types of workers. Yeah. So these workers will not you know, work well in the traditional law firm environment. They're going to have to create different types of spaces so that they can develop the technology to better serve their clients and to remain competitive. Yeah. All right. Next up. Okay, we're, we're just cranking through the elements here. Um, yep. Should know this by heart already. Three are tools. Oh, yep. So I got a picture here of a stenograph. Oh, yeah. Did you see the stenograph? I didn't. I was at a bad angle, but I'm familiar <laughs> with stenographs. So I just kind of ran through some of my favorite legal tools. 
We've got the stenograph, yep. books. Yeah. I mean, those are just for ads. Do you know what these are called? <laughs> uh, I don't know what they're called. Binder clips, I think. Uh, something like that. I mean, I used them constantly when I was yeah, a lawyer. I think they're called paper binders. Paper binders, yeah. They literally come out of my ears. Yeah, I, get I home from work. love those things. And then the, uh, the blue book. So... The point here was the law firm in the future will be heavily invested in technology, more so than it is today, maybe by you know, a thousand fold. The focus will be on some key areas. Artificial intelligence is a super exciting area where we're, we're already starting to see some very interesting tools. Kara, Beagle, IBM Ross, Kira, um, J. Eugene is another one. These apps are proliferating at a rate that honestly surprises me. Yeah. And I've tested uh, a few of them, Keras specifically, which is a product that was developed by Case Text, the research company, Legal Research, and it works. Yeah. You ask Kara to summarize a memo, and it comes back with a point-by-point, -point, almost wow. as if a first-year associate had done it. So. These AI bots are here, and they're getting smarter. That's not to say that they will replace the critical you know, legal work. This is more to support lawyers with the day-to-day -day administrative tasks so that lawyers can focus on doing what they do best, which is actually practicing law. Yeah, which is largely... Mm -hmm which is hugely essential mm -hmm. if you're in a smaller solo where you don't have the mm -hmm. luxury of a bunch of first-year associates right. to do that work for And that, you. unfortunately, will come as bad news to some of these bigger law firms that actually bill for mm -hmm. these types of work, you know? Um, and I think the transparency of legal billing is something that will, will come to a head as inside counsel starts to learn of what's available in the market. So Kara is a very interesting solution. IBM Ross, I'm learning more about what IBM's building in their cloud. And AI bots, that's a real thing. Yeah. So in terms of tools, you know, every in-house counsel, because I, I really speak to the in-house right, profession as an in-house practitioner. The holy grail is, and I've yet to really see somebody perfect this, but the holy grail will be that practice management solution. Your UI, your mm -hmm. dashboard, the thing that can connect your contracts to the rest of your business, that can do DocuSign, e-signatures, automate documents, mm -hmm. uh, drafting. You know, I think that that is an essential tool, and by 2026, someone will have perfected that. But we will need better dashboards to be able to work in on a day-to-day. -day. There's just so many lawyers are still practicing in, you know, basically two-decade-old software. Microsoft shared drives, you know. I did a talk recently in San Francisco where I, I asked a room full of in-house counsels how many people are using Microsoft shared drives, and nearly every hand went up. Wow. Share drives, it's just a really inefficient way to be managing contracts, managing your matters. We can do a lot better. So a practice management software or a legal UI dashboard, mm -hmm. that's something that will be absolutely critical going forward. All right, some knowledge. Let's Time get to, to knowledge. knowledge. So we did talk about case texts. Okay. Um, which, you know, and I'm talking about research and, you know, legal data, you know, case law, things in that realm. And the traditional research dinosaurs, you know, the we know who they are, right. the Westlaws oh, and the yeah. Lexuses of the world. I think we're going to start to see a dip in market share. And, you know, I'm predicting that by 2026, they may actually be even be extinct. If you start to jump into some of these platforms, Judicata, Case Text, Ravelaw, these are very exciting, very innovative, big data companies that are just totally flipping the script on what legal research looks mm -hmm. like. And if you see this slide... I'm referring to the slide again. It's It's got a visual component. The data is structured. You can link into judge characteristics and do judge analytics. Yeah. Find I've out. seen a demo of some of these. The judge analytics stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and 
what it essentially does is it allows you to predict the law, not just practice the law. So you really will have a better sense of a result using some of these tools than you would if you didn't. So judge analytics, something I'm very excited about, and the research element is something that's definitely going to change. Let's churn through. I think we got a couple minutes here. Yeah. Sure. So solving legal problems. Legal problems. So obviously there's, you know, I get asked a lot of questions from law students and they ask me, you know, is there a future for lawyers mm -hmm. with all this talk of bots and AI and machine learning and the automated drafting, you know, do we have a future as a profession? So to them, I say, we need lawyers more than ever. Yeah. We need more lawyers, we need smarter lawyers, we need more compassionate lawyers, more lawyers that are involved in their communities. You just look outside your window, and some of the slides here that we showed here was, you know, AI gone wrong. Yeah. Body cameras. Yeah. Great environmental issues water shortages, drones flying around. And we've done a podcast on thinking like a lawyer about drones, just a yeah. whole episode. Yeah. You'll have a whole drone canon of law. Yeah. Uh, the law of drones, the law of artificial intelligence. These are brand new subject matters and we don't even have cases yet. We yeah. don't have precedent. I work specifically in the ad tech sector and uh, privacy law, the law mm -hmm. of privacy. We do not have a federal privacy framework in the United States. The EU has had the EU privacy directive for probably about a decade, but we are, you know, we are still, we haven't even written the laws. Yeah. And it's such a huge issue. Every day you read about another breach, you read about, you know, data that's out there. And this is, this affects everyday Americans. So yeah. these are things, these are problems, you know, to meet that element. I had a little slide here on the, uh, what do they call this? The designer, the designer baby, babies, the designer yeah. babies, you know, bio mm -hmm. ethics and genetic engineering, you know, there's, we got problems. Yeah. So how do you solve problems right. with regulations? And what does regulations require? Some lawyers, lawyers. to get paid. So we're going to need lawyers. But in saying that we need smarter lawyers, we don't want the lawyers that bill for those administrative functions. We're looking for you know, lawyers that are interested in these complex spaces. And I think that's where you know, we can provide value and continue to thrive in the profession. Mm -hmm. All right, so clients. So yeah. how do we find our clients? Uh, through the internet. Yeah, it seems like it's a good tool. Aggregators, yeah, yeah. internet's pretty pretty good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it works sometimes. Aggregators, so we've, we're seeing an Uber, you know, Uber is the big taxi cab, uh, obviously, yeah. everyone knows what Uber is. But, you know, aggregators can help you find clients. It's not just going to the networking events or um, referrals, the aggregator model, uh, again, using technology to find clients is something that we'll see. Also, I like the idea of rainmakers being crowdsourced. So mm -hmm. how do you fund your litigation? We don't all have Peter Thiel to fund our, right. our lawsuits. Right. Would be nice, but you can't conduct litigation without funding. So mm -hmm. how do you get that rainmaker? It could be a million people. It could be uh, funds raised through, through Bitcoin. I don't know. The way in which clients will fund law, litigation and, yeah. and legal services could be very different in 2026. Yeah, I assume they just today. yeah, I assume they just pay us in water like some Mad Max hell <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin's a really interesting thing. I'm starting to read a little bit more about that and the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So if anyone can explain it to me, I'd happily listen. <laughs> but it does seem like, you know, it's a way to expand uh, certain services to to new markets and is going to be something to be, you know, something we'll need to pay attention to. Interesting. And so that gets so then we get to what are the elements of a future law firm? And we conclude that they are legal bots, 
working in urban centers using big data and AI to solve global warming for Bitcoin. Nice. Well, there you go. <laughs> that is a, depending on your point of view, optimistic or chilling view of our future in 2026, I guess. Huh? I'm a rational optimist. Yeah. I like to think that, you know, uh, you know, as I guess it does paint kind of a dark picture when you look through the slides, but um, I see it as sort of an opportunity for lawyers to prove themselves again and to, uh, to tackle real issues and to really provide value as a profession. Great. Well, thank you, Ian. For those listening, if you aren't already subscribed to On the Road with the Legal Talk Network, you should. That way you'll hear every time we go on the road all of the great catching up with all the panels and speakers at every event we go to. You should be giving reviews to this show so that it goes up the algorithms of that whole like AI thing. It can go up the algorithms that iTunes uses to tell you what you should be listening to. So give us reviews for that. You can also download the Legal Talk Network app. That way you can listen to every show on the Legal Talk Network including and especially thinking like a lawyer. And with all of that, I think we're done. So we will... Uh, continuing the Back to the Future. I was waiting for it. I yeah. was totally waiting for we're, it. We're going to make like a tree and get the hell out of here uh, until the next time <laughs> yeah. on Let's the get road. her up to 88. Yes, let's go. <laughs> I'm sure they will insert some sound effects there. All right, bye. <laughs> If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.